Hello and welcome to a live Kerfuffy break on Deep Program with Carrie Smith. Today is Monday, July 18th. And if it's your first time here, this is a live show we do on the channel Mondays and Fridays where we just hang out with friends, talk about what's going on in the world, talk about what's happening in our life and just enjoy our time together. I will let you know, I saw you in the chat talking about us being late and <laughs> there is a siren that goes off in my town every day right when my podcast starts. So I use that as a convenient excuse to start a few minutes late. I'll have you know, so you don't have to hear it anyway. I'm just joking with you. Um, my guests today are Daniel and Brentley from Dangerous Rhetoric. I'm trying to add them to the screen. What's happening? Let's see. There you are. Hello, guys. Uh, there we are. Hey. hey. I'm excited to see you guys again. Hey, we missed you. Mm. Yeah, no, I, uh, I missed you. I heard you guys uh, on your, I think it was last Friday, you guys were talking and Mikey brought up Kevin Spacey. And so that's why I was like, oh, we need to talk about Kevin Spacey. We need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> we need, that's a movie, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a it book a too. Yeah. I haven't read the book, but that's actually a really good film. I, you know, we recommend people watch that. It's also really interesting now to look at in retrospect of all the stuff that's happened with Ezra Miller since then, because mm -hmm. he played the lead role in that of the psychopathic son. So, oh, I didn't realize that was Ezra Miller. Yeah, I, I saw that movie. There's something. It's about a, a little boy who, a yeah. bad seed, as you call it, a, a kid who yes. just is bad from birth, like psychopath. Um, and that that's a, something that I feel like isn't like talked about enough. And what's interesting too, and I want to bring this up because my grandma has sort of discussed this this with me before having you know kids with disabilities and like mental disabilities like her oldest son had schizophrenia and one of the things that you know parents contend with when you deal with like something like that like some kind of character disturbance or mental disorder that your kid has is you ask yourself like is it me did i did i do this you know mm. is it my fault that they turned out this way and i think it's an important question to ask when it comes to the question of evil and psychopaths and that sort of thing because it isn't always and, you know, I recommend people read Without Conscience by Robert Hare because Robert Hare looked at this question, too, like, are psychopaths made or born? And we don't quite know. We know that the environment can determine the type you get. So, like, yeah. how violent they are or manipulated as, as opposed to how charming. Yeah. But we don't actually know what's causing it because there are circumstances where they analyze, like, the parents do everything, right? They do everything right and they're present there, but there's something preventing that that parent-child bond from like taking place at a very young age. And there are signs of that you can find in young children. So that movie yes. is an example of it. There's a great documentary. I, I definitely want to read that book. There's a, a great documentary on YouTube for free that you can watch called Child of Rage. It's an old documentary and it follows a little girl uh, who- I think I've heard of this. Yeah, it's sort of one of these bad seed things where she just, she torments her brother. Her parents have to lock her in her room at yeah. night because they're afraid she's going to kill her um, infant brother and or them. And yeah. she's very candid on camera about her dark desires. And I'm talking, I think she's maybe seven. I mean, she's very young. And uh, I haven't watched that one in a while, but I remember that that that's a good one in this sort of same. Yeah, um, so crazy. Though. Same area. Cause like, man, it's like, what, what does cause that? You know, you do have to ask and to see, to see that sort of thing manifest in a child too, is like a particularly, particularly difficult thing to contend with. Yes. There's a lot of taboos too, when it comes to like dying, diagnosing people. Children. Too 
with stuff like psych psychopathy. Like psych you lock them into it, right? And yeah. then you know, is it a self-fulfilling prophecy if you do that? But at the same time, it's like there are still signs and symptoms you can see very young when you know clearly there's something not right there where the kid is lacking like the full conscience, you know. They'll torture animals and do things like that, like just very early signs. Yeah. Um, I didn't do my announcements. So I'll do them right quick. Hello, Adam. Adam says, we need to talk about smashing that like button. Uh, thank you. I'm going to use that as an opportunity to say, please like and subscribe. If it's your first time here, um, we would appreciate a subscription. Sometimes you get unsubscribed. So just see if you're still subscribed on YouTube. And if you want to support uh, uh, what I do on uh, financially, you can do it on Subscribestar, Locals, or Patreon. And we will be adding a dollar a month option. I know a couple of people have asked and I haven't, I just haven't had time to set it up, but we will be doing that. We had a book club yesterday. Adam was there and we've decided for now anyway, we're making the book club subscriber only just because we want to have an, something extra that you get if you can financially contribute. That's like a, a perk. That's, that, that's a reward for that. And um, yesterday we did this one on uh, Zoom it's called the real Anthony Fauci. We're not going to be putting on YouTube because we know we'll get a strike. Uh, and in and, and the very contents of this book, it talks about how I, uh, you know, all these different doctors, it's just about the past two years and all the colossal mistakes that were made at the direction of Anthony Fauci and a lot of times Bill Gates. And it's full of scientific studies, references. It's by Robert Kennedy Jr. And um, I can't recommend it enough. It's, it's like a basically um encyclopedia of everything that nice. unfolded the past two years gotta check and that out yeah you have to it's yeah. so and and you know there's so much stuff that happened that we forgot like i forgot some of these things i'm like that's right they did do that they it's did a, it's do a that. lot of shit though yes. Look, so many things transpired in the last two years that it's very easy to get lost in the miasma <laughs> like of like what happened like i'm still like kind of a little shell shocked you know and it's like i'm still getting over it and i'm sure a lot, uh, most people are you know yeah it's 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 uh it's so much to process and it's so when it's put all in one book like that so solid he also goes into the history of um he goes into the history of what Fauci did man mismanaging the AIDS crisis, AIDS crisis. and also yep. also pushing drugs for big pharma yep. back then AZT and same thing he did did with COVID which is to uh -huh. try and deny people the ability to get cheap yeah. affordable therapeutics to actually treat. It's true. Disease. We talked um, about that on our show before, actually, with uh, Juana Trian. I don't know if anyone follows her. Go check. Oh, out I love Juana. We we chatted about that very in depth, you know. And this was this was actually a really big observation she made, you know, as someone who knew a lot of gay men growing up on Fire Island and stuff, and seeing the effects of the AIDS crisis. But she started to see the parallels, and it like freaked her out. Um, yeah. We talked about like Larry Kramer, and you know, he was a big activist back then, and he was calling out Fauci back then as well he so called him out and yeah. fauci what fauci did is when he tried to do his uh you know uh what do you when you, you remake yourself and he tried to remake himself and he became he went out and purposely befriended larry kramer he years later he rebranded <laughs> yes yeah yeah and then carrie mullis you know who invented the mm -hmm. pcr test who died in 2019 right before all this happened so who knows what he would have said about how this was handled but he was also very critical of Fauci and he thought the guy was a crook, you know, yeah. he was saying this in the nineties. Yeah. Well, there's stuff in there about them testing. I can never pronounce it, but the, the one drug that they were pushing, uh, remid, remid something. Remdesivir. Remdesivir. About how they, they, they were pushing that in Africa. They, 
they were trying to find something they could use it for and they were testing it on people with Ebola and they had to stop because it killed like a third of those people. Jeez. And then and then they still they still knowing that. That's why today talking about psychopaths and stuff, I think he qualifies the <laughs> fact that he would bring that drug here then and say, Oh, well, let's use it for this other thing then and just completely yeah. ignore the science of what that drug was doing to people. Yeah, if uh, anything qualifies, it's that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a well, very, yeah, conscienceless type of thing to do. We may have um, avoided a strike by doing book club on Zoom, and we will be releasing it on locals, by the way. But um, we may get one today just by me saying that. So uh, we'll see. Hopefully not. <laughs> no, I don't think okay. so. Okay, good. I don't think you, you might be okay. You, you've been safe. So I mean, I'm kind of like monitoring Daniel because he's got a. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're fine. I got, I got loose so, lips. But yeah, right. I definitely I want to check that book out, man. And. Robert Kennedy is one of the people we would love to talk to on the show as well. That would be really fun to have a conversation with him he's and so busy. pick his brain. Yeah, I'm sure he's busy as hell, but man, he's been such a like a voice of um, of reason in all of this shit. And frankly, I think you know, I think his father would be proud of him, and oh yeah, I'm sure his uncle would be proud of him too. So yeah, yeah, he's faced and and a lot of the doctors he covers in here just face absolute character assassination, defamation, yeah. censorship. Um, and, and these are esteemed, these are all esteemed doctors with, um, you know, uh, amazing qualifications and, and who just, just to try and the way that they're able to try and ruin people like that, no matter where they're coming from, even someone like Robert F. Kennedy, try to ruin him. You know, it's like, yeah. well, he, it's he was put on some most dangerous person list crazy while, because his book is a New York times bestseller was selling off the shelves and with <laughs> with nothing but attacks yeah. against people want, people want answers people want answers after all of this shit that we've been through i think you know i'm not surprised that all that book is flying off the shelves because i think over time more people have kind of woken up and realized like oh i got i got played you know what just happened over the last two years yeah. Why is everything on this shit like is it really what they said it was you know people want yeah. answers yeah um what else was i gonna say oh just this is just a personal note before we get started with the topics. I'm in a good mood today, and right. I just wanted to share this with you. Um, everything's going to be okay, guys. <laughs> so it's been a weird, weird, weird time. It is, it's going to be okay. I, I, um, everybody's got their own trials and things they're going through. You know, I just had coffee with a friend, um, two days ago who's going through some crazy, horrible, traumatic stuff. I know people going through all different kinds of traumatic things and I'm going through my own version of that or have been for a couple of years. Same. I have some friends who are, yeah. And, um, it's going to be okay. It's fine. Look, and, and some of this stems from my faith. So if you don't have, if you don't believe in God, it, maybe you'll just not, even if you don't believe in God, I'm here to tell you I do. And you're fine. And God's got this. I know it's cheesy, but it's it true. You know what, and, though? You know what, though? <laughs> I, I needed to hear it. So even if okay, I didn't need to hear it, I need to hear it. So I, I appreciate you saying it. It's going to be fine. Okay. <laughs> That's all. My husband was gone for four or five days. He just got home yesterday in time to do book club with us. And it was like, oh, he's back home. I'm happy. We got these car problems, whatever. Also, so it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> the okay. little things, man. The yeah. Little. Hey, by the way, before we start, you guys... Daniel and Brentley, people can follow you at Dangerous Rhetoric. Yes. Here on YouTube, they can find yep. check out your website. And Amy's here today. Hello, Amy. Maybe she can drop your links in the chat. She already did. 
Oh, great. <laughs> um, and you guys were one of the one of many people, in addition to Professor Michael Rechtenwald and my friend Nina Infinity, who suggested that I read this book. In fact, you gave me a copy of this book, Political Ponderology. I have a feeling we're going to do this one next. I've got a few yeah. suggestions from people, but I want to read this so badly. I think I think it's called The Science of Evil, Psychopathy and the Origins of Totalitarianism. And it's just right at my alley. So yeah. I think we probably might do this one next. So if, if anyone is interested in like knowing a little more about that book and the story of it and what it's about, you know, go, go on our channel and check out our episode with Harrison Cayley. Um, he's the editor of the book, um, which was published under Red Pill Press. And we had a long discussion about it and what exactly it's about. So check that out. You know, it might might intrigue your interest a little more and make you actually want to pick it up and read it because we think it's important for sure. That's why we keep like recommending it. We brought a bunch of copies of it to the Better Discourse Conference in Texas and we handed some of them out over there as well because we just think it's a subject that's not looked at in this way, evil that is, in like a more categorical, organized, scientific way and not just simply leaving the problem up to um, theology, right? And philosophy, which, you know, are perfectly valid ways to also approach the problem but Lobachevsky, what he argues in the book is that um, perhaps we're limiting, we're limiting our understanding by only looking at evil simply through that lens and not trying to approach it in, say, a more categorical scientific manner, right? Looking at the brain, looking at brain chemistry, looking at trauma and, and those sorts of things. I just dropped a link in the uh, chat for anybody who wants to watch. Go bookmark that episode or whatever. It's a good episode. Ooh. We talked about like all the cluster B stuff too in general like that. Josh Slocum typically talks about on his show Disaffected as well. Oh, it's funny. I don't see the link in there. Did you put it in the right place? Uh, I dropped it in the YouTube chat. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's not showing up for me yet, but that's it okay. It may just take a second. A general chat. I think it's Big Raj, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the super chat, the sticker. Aww. And um, who else? Oh, JS Payne is here. Late in grooming. I assume you mean your hair. Oh, I thought you meant the dog. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of grooming, sir? <laughs> cool. Thank you, guys. Okay. So, as you mentioned, um, on our Friday episode, I was talking with Tracy from Keto and Crime and Mike Harlow, and we, Kevin Spacey came up. We were talking about what had happened with him with all the different accusers. And I knew that one of his accusers had passed away, had died, but I didn't realize three of them had died. There's there's a body count. <laughs> it's like you know how they have the Clinton body count. There's a Spacey body count now too. It seems. Yeah, and it's and we played a little clip of a video. I don't know if you remember this video, but uh, it was where, uh, it was where Kevin Spacey was on the phone with Hillary Clinton. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's kind of suspicious. I'm just saying no. Getting uh, ideas from each other. He's got those really, he did those really strange videos where he was like pretending to be his character from House of Cards. Yes. And it, if you watch those, you just go back and look through them. Like it's very off-putting, very, you know, you could, you could write it off as maybe like a tongue-in-cheek joke. But when you start to look into the history and all the backstory <clears throat> and all these other people, um, that have passed away after accusing him of some impropriety, it just reads a little bit more disturbing and shady and not quite tongue-in-cheek jokey. I think it's more like he, sh he showed his true self 
and videos like that, you know, and it makes you wonder too. I don't know if people have seen House of Cards, but man, he's so good at being a psychopath in that, that you, yes. you, you have to sort of wonder like, is this just like how you are? So it just comes so natural to you that that's why you're so good at like playing this character. And it's not just that, you know, like American Beauty, other like movies yes. done playing a pathological person. Well, he was like pathological <laughs> in American Beauty, but usual suspects. Yeah, um, yeah. Seven. The, okay, yeah, yeah. We've got the seven deadly sins. Well, I've got this article pulled up that you sent me. So I'm just going to read some of this, and especially for people who are just listening. Uh, the, this is, the headline is Linda Culkin, John Doe, Ari Bain, three of Kevin Spacey's accusers have died this year. This is from 2019. I don't know how I missed this. Um, Brent, I talked about it. <laughs> I remember this. It's weird, too. It's just too much of a coincidence. You have to ask like at least some questions. Like, what's going on here? Uh, there is a trigger warning on this article because it deals with suicide and sexual assault. Okay. Ari Bain, a former Norwegian, Norwegian royal who accused actor Kevin Spacey of sexual assault in 2017, has died by suicide aged 47 just hours after Spacey shared a bizarre video on social media. In 2017, Bain accused Spacey 60 of groping him under the table at a Nobel Peace Prize concert in Oslo a decade earlier. He is the third Kevin Spacey accuser to die in 2019. Bain, who was born in Denmark, was married to Martha Louise, the oldest daughter of Norway's King Harold V and Queen Sonia for 14 years. The couple divorced in 2017 and have three daughters. Um, in a statement, Norway's King Harold said Bain was an important part of our family for many years and we carry warm and good memories of him with us. Um, and then it goes into the details of the uh, accusation. It says during a radio interview in 2017, Bain claimed that Spacey groped him under a table during a banquet in 2007, just after he and actress Uma Thurman had finished hosting a Nobel Peace Prize concert. He and Spacey were seated next to each other when the alleged incident occurred. Quote, we had a nice conversation, Bain said. After five minutes, he said, hey, let's go out and have a cigarette. Then he puts his hand under the table and grabs me by the balls. <laughs> Bain, Bain, who was married to the princess at the time, said he was so taken back that his only response was, hey, maybe later. Um, then they talk a little about his creepy video. And just quickly, I do want to hit these two. Um, two other Spacey accusers have died. John Doe, another Spacey's accusers, an anonymous massage therapist, died in September, just one month before his lawsuit against the actor was set to, to go to trial. The alleged victim, known only as John Doe, filed the lawsuit against Spacey in Los Angeles Superior Court in September 2018. The Hollywood Reporter has said Doe claimed he was hired to give Spacey a massage at his home in Malibu in October 2016. After being greeted by the actor, Doe allegedly alleged that he was led to an upstairs um bedroom where spacey locked the door behind them the actor allegedly told the masseur he was having some discomfort in his groin and laid down on the table facing up the complainant alleged that spacey forced his hand to his testicles doe claimed he jumped back in shock and the actor then complimented his eyes tried to kiss him and offered him oral sex he said he asked spacey to let him leave multiple times before the actor stopped blocking his way in September, just a month after the sides agreeing to proceedings, which likely would have meant a 7- to 11-day trial, the Masseur's attorney informed Spacey that his client had, quote, recently passed. As the trial relied on testimony, the charges were dropped. That's, wow. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. And I found elsewhere that he died of cancer. 
Is that what they said? That's that was the that's the, the story. I mean, look, it's it is possible. It's it's weird things like that happen. Um, but I think just when you have this many <laughs> weird things, it just it makes sense to ask some questions. I think just I ask questions. Yes, it's unreasonable to try to look at the patterns here and be like, all right, this is a little unusual. It's kind of a weird coincidence to have this many people kind of die like that right before something big like that's supposed to break. I don't know. Hmm. Yes. Okay, and then this is the third one, Linda Culkin. Linda Culkin died after being struck by a car in Quincy, Massachusetts. No charges were filed against the driver who remained at the scene. Culkin, a former nursing assistant who was 59 when she died, was the first to accuse Spacey of misconduct against young men. She began cyber-stalking the actor in 2009 after one of her patients accused Spacey of attacking him. In 2014, she was sentenced to more than four years in prison for sending him and his associates death and bomb threats. Well, she sounds unstable herself. Yes, yeah, for real. she's clearly unstable. Not that that doesn't mean that the allegations against him are true. Yeah, it just means for sure. sometimes unstable people also attract unstable people. Um, criminal charges dropped. And then in 2018, Spacey was charged with battery and an indecent assault for allegedly grabbing an 18 year old man at a Nantucket bar in 2016. The accuser told police he was working as a busboy at the restaurant when he started drinking with Spacey one night in July of 2016. After both men had several drinks, the young man claimed Spacey put his hand on his thigh, unzipped his pants and rubbed his penis for about three minutes. According to the court documents seen by the New York times, the young man said, according to a police report that Spacey was trying to take him home, but he escaped after telling a woman he thought Spacey was attempting to rape him. The lawsuit was dropped, quote, with prejudice in July, meaning it will not be refiled. It is not known if a settlement was reached. And then other accusations in October 2017, Rent actor Anthony Rapp accused Spacey of making a sexual advance towards him back in 1986 when Rapp was 14 years old. In response, Spacey said he, quote, has a lot of respect and admiration for Rapp and that he did not recall the incident the Broadway star described. Quote, if I did behave as he describes, I owe him the sincerest apology for what would have been deeply inappropriate drunken behavior. And I'm sorry for the feelings he describes having carried with him all these years. Um, following rap coming forward, a slew of other men, including Harry Dreyfus, the son of actor Richard Dreyfus, made their own accusations against the actor. Dreyfus wrote that Spacey fondled him when he was 18, despite his obvious discomfort and indication that the touching should stop. More than 20 additional allegations were also connected with Spacey's time as artistic director at the Old Vic Theater in London. Six allegations of sexual assault by six different men, ranging from 1996 to 2013, have been lodged against Spacey at Scotland Yard in the UK. Variety reported that Spacey was interviewed by police about these charges in May. No charges have been laid. Of course, this is from 2019, um, yeah. this article. But thanks for letting me read through that, just to remind what's, people. You know what's crazy though? When Spacey, when all this broke, Spacey used he used it as an ex, like he used it as an occasion to then like come out, yes. and he used that coming out as a way to kind of just excuse his behavior and like yes. like just I don't know sweep it all under the rug. Oh, it's just you know I was in the closet and I'm a gay man and look at me I'm so oppressed or something. And man, it doesn't it's not not a good fucking look for us it's well he's uh mike and i talked about this he's people will try okay so if they're in, accused of groping and sexual harassment and and, and so, like a like a, a harvey weinstein 
Weinstein. They, they, they can't fall back on that sort of, but I'm a member of a protected class, but that's what Spacey did. If, if it's yeah. gay, if it's gay harassment, then they can come forward. And it's, it's so gross because then they actually use the fact that it was gay harassment to try and cover up the fact that it was harassment. It was inappropriate. Um, but put forward just kind of closet in, in this, this sort of, they mask it in this sort of, I'm coming out. I do have something to confess. Yes. Thank I'm, I'm gay. <laughs> and then it's like, what does that have to do with the sexual assault? It doesn't. No, if anything, it just, it, it revives that stereotype that gay men are all predators. And it's like, it, it made us just look bad. Yes. It's not. It, and you know, the ones who don't have, who can't fall back on that, like Harvey Weinstein, do you guys remember his first sort of ap non-apology letter that was an apology letter statement? Do you remember that? No. Uh, so I, so. <laughs> I do because I, I was fascinated by what he was trying to do in that. He couldn't say, hey, guys, it's time for me to live authentically as myself. I'm gay. He, so because it was all women he was assaulting or, or at least coercing to have sex with him. So what he said instead was he still tried to cover it up with something. Um, and what he, he tried to do was remind people of what political tribe he was in. And he was like, I'm sorry, but I really oppose guns and I'm really for stricter gun control. And I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life and fortune and career to getting the NRA, you know, out of politics and hey, doing something. I know. Classic deflection. That was in his apology. It was like, what are you talking about? Who cares about your gun control stance? So dumb. Like, yeah. Weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the Anthony Rapp was the first person who came forward. So okay. he was 14 at the time. I think it was like 1986 when, the, when his uh, assault, I guess you could call it, went down. He was at a party. This is what he alleges. He was at a party at uh, Kevin Spacey's apartment in New York. And they, uh, he, you know, they was the youngest person there. And, you know, it, as the party sort of started to wind down, it sort of ended up being just like he ended up alone with Kevin and his bedroom. And, uh, you know, Kevin sort of like pick, drunkenly picked him up and like threw him on the bed and then like laid on top of him. And then eventually, you know, he was able to like wiggle free and leave. Um, and that was what, oh, and he also said that, that earlier in the evening that, uh, Kevin Spacey had grabbed his behind, given him a right proper squeeze. Um, so those were the, the early, the early allegations. And then and after how old was he? 14 wow. in 1986. Yeah. And I think Spacey was 26 at the time. Um, so he himself was a young man, but still, like, yeah. you know, it's not, yeah, that's, that's a big age range there. There is a big age range. Um, yeah. And then on top of that, yeah. it was, so then after he came out, it was like the floodgates hath opened. And because of the nature of the Me Too movement, all of a sudden there were all these men saying, Me Too, Me Too, Me Too. And before you knew it, he lost his deal with House of Cards. He just recently lost another movie, like two days ago, something called 1242, which I think was about Mongolia and Genghis Khan. Uh, that he was set to star in and i guess the uh publicity around his uk he, he was also recently the same day he was in the uk um he has for those six charges against him uh from i think it's six different men he pleaded not guilty to each charge and they've set the date for i think it's june 2023 
So we're going to have to wait a good long year before that trial comes around. Um, but that's in the UK. And then there's a, his trial with Anthony Rapp is still in process too here in the United States. So he's got the UK trial going on. He's got a US trial going on. Three of his accusers have been killed. It's just so bizarre. Or died. We should say they died. died. Yeah, they passed away um, mysteriously and suddenly. Because the, the cancer death I thought was interesting too, because that was another young man. So, you know, cancer is not exactly a young man's disease. Um, so that just kind of I don't know, tickled me funny. But it's so weird. It's just what are the chances of that many? I don't know. This should be a, you know, this will be a good um, episode for people to clip out of context and be like, look at what a conspiracy theorist yeah. Carrie is. I was just thinking that. I'm like, <laughs> Carrie needs a tinfoil Stetson. <laughs> a tinfoil Stetson, yeah. yeah. You need to get a Stetson and you just got to wrap it in tinfoil. And then every time we have conversations like this, like you this. take one off and you just put the tinfoil Stetson on. And like, all right. I'm sorry, I misspoke. It's five charges, five charges. In, oh, in the UK. Okay. And it's four months. counts of... Uh, S assault and one count of, I don't know what this is in causing a person to engage in penetrative S activity without consent. I don't know. How do you cause somebody to engage? In, I don't, that's weird. I don't know. Um, I mean, okay. I'm yeah, not- <laughs> I don't even know, but that's the charge. I mean, I guess. Yeah. It and they said it, them it took pace between 2005 and 2008. And one was in Western England in April of 2013. Victims are in the thirties and forties. He strenuously denies all the charges. Well, of course he does. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> he, uh, I just want to show you. So he did do these disturbing videos. The ones um, by fireplace. Oh, kill him, yes. kill him with kindness. Yeah. Those yes. so, ah, man, I remember when those came out. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, what are you? What are you implying here? <laughs> I mean, if we want to, if we want to pontificate that he may be a probable psychopath, yeah. this is something a psychopath would do. Yeah. It would be to put this snarky sort of little like, mm, mm, "Look what I did, and you can't touch me." Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Like that's the kind of thing Stooping that delight. they would put out. Yes, there. that's and, exactly what I. It struck me as he is pretending to be his character from house of cards yes so that he can actually admit things kind of in a smirking way about what he's done i don't think he's pretending i think he's i think (laughs) he's admitting to you i am this character like this is who i actually am he wants to be that yes and you can't do anything about it like this is who i really am on the inside there's a lot of about it do you guys ever watch i like to watch some of the body language channels oh i love her Body, body language ghost. Okay, I'm gonna put this on the screen for anybody who's not she familiar. Do a Kevin Stacy. She did do one of him in the oh, courtroom, and just let me play a little bit of this one. I'm not sure which part we're at, but I think we're right before she analyzes his smile. His, it's almost like he realizes the cameras are on, and then he puts his mask back on. Oh, like he pulls it in the herd. Yes. <laughs> Being uh, removed from the courtroom. Oh, by all means, sit here. <laughs> not interrupt these proceedings uh and with respect to the press uh, we have the pool cameras up here uh and um other members of the press you just saw it like go back go back <laughs> just observe, but but do not interrupt these proceedings uh and with respect to the press uh, we have the pool cameras up here uh and um other members of the press you know if you have your so there you saw it was falling 
he's keeping it pretty good because it's not actually completely falling. And then he's able to redirect attention, looks over to where the judge is talking about as if he actually really needed to. It's just a distraction technique. <laughs> and I mean that in the sense for as much as he moved. Looking over, yes. But to move that much is just a distraction technique. It allows him, though, to give the excuse to open the eyes wider with his eyebrows because that muscle's getting tired. Laptops or, uh, or your uh, telephones, you can, uh, that you can communicate with them. And, and... Yeah, so in this video, she's talking about how he's trying to how it's straining him his muscles are strained because he he is doing and if you watch the whole thing i think she's right he's sort of got this mask of i'm not bothered on the whole yeah. time but he's having to fake it because he's upset and so he's sort of like <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and then she's watching him and it starts to fall it starts to fall like he's getting tired <laughs> and then he'll put it back on like this is cool everything's cool <laughs> like <laughs> oh, Kevin. Test, test, test. And it is truism that in the gay community, there are certain spaces that are lower in consent. And there, you know, as, as it is with men, there is a lower standard of consent. And there is sort of a, an expectation of active denial if you're not sort of interested in what's going on. But it's clear that with Spacey that he has very similar patterns of behavior, at least the patterns that have been alleged are very similar to one another, uh, where he tends to grab, you know, heterosexual men, uh, underage men. These are men that would be uh, vulnerable should, you know, something about the interaction come out. So that in and of itself is a little striking to me. It, it reads as predatory as opposed to just no, the normal, you know, bumbles of, you know, are you interested in me or not? Uh, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, how do I make a move without making a move? Like, there are moves you can make without grabbing some dude's private area. And, you know, it seems that he almost had, you know, got used to that and tried to use that as an excuse when he was, when he came out, instead of being like, I'm gay, this is normal for us. We just grab each other all the time. No, sweetie. No, not like that. <laughs> and not, and not in those contexts either. Like, how did you two meet? Was it a little under the table grabbing? No, we met on Facebook. We're so boring. <laughs> so boring. Modern love story. Mutual right? friends. Yeah. Um, Okay, let me take let me take this one off the screen. Is it worth us watching? I mean, I'm enjoying this topic. Is it worth us showing people some of the uh, um, the crazy video he did, or no? I th I think maybe just I a little bit. If a we while. can talk over it, I think it should be fine. Although it does sort of open. The only thing I get so paranoid now, ever since I did a little bit of talking about a specific drag kid whose name was I won't mention. Right. Um, his his mother is a copyright crazy, and you know any time that you She'll play anything, it. she likes to report. So I don't know if Kevin Spacey has like an agency that's like scouring the web for anything that uh, any of his content that's been used to paint him in a negative light. But it's possible. It's not. You can always repeal. You know, you can always appeal based on fair use, um, but that takes time. So it's it's yeah. up to you. If they can report so, it, what you can do is you can probably show it without the volume, or you can only play like I play no more than like five to ten seconds at a time. Play it, stopping it, and talking about it. Yeah. Okay. Let me just Break play then a couple seconds. I'm just gonna pick a random part. By the way, before we put this up, you should just play the part that says where you kill him with kindness because the way that he says it is so creepy. Is that at the end? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it is towards the end. Okay. 
Um, before we bring that up, I'm going to tell us, I'm going to tell an anecdote, a story. Now this is secondhand, but um, when I worked in entertainment, I worked at a man, I worked at a management, a couple different management companies before we start, I started my own with my partner who's a music manager, but I managed comedians. I worked at a couple companies that had music managers there and um, music clients. I know of a story of a, of a straight musician who had his own like thing happened with Kevin Spacey. Oh. Um, and I've been waiting ever since this happened for, for this singer to come out and, and talk about what happened to him and he hasn't. So it's not my story. I'm just saying in Hollywood or in, in that industry, when I, there, there are stories about all kinds of people. It's one of those situations where it's like Harvey Weinstein, where they're like, everybody knew, everybody knows of a story. It's, and when it's it, a, it's an right. open secret, you know, and, Yes. When it comes to the abuse, especially around like what's happening with kids and, and young, you know, young people, it's an open secret. I'm pretty sure almost all of them know that something is happening, but they don't want to be cast out of the cool kids club and, you know, Hollywood and the entertainment industry. So I think a lot of them, they just keep their mouths shut. They turn a blind eye. They act like, you know, they don't see them at the parties. They act like they don't hear the things that they hear, you know, just. There's that fear. And I've, I've learned a lot about it the past two years um it, it i've had unfortunate experiences that the silver lining of which have been a few and one of them is learning how it is that people um i guess it's human nature that a lot of people will not will not speak up they always think they're the type who will but when they're in that situation whether it's out of fear of becoming the target of this person the the target of someone like of harvey weinstein for example um you know, being frozen out of the industry, being frozen out of Hollywood, being being defamed and disparaged, or it, it, sometimes it's out of fear and sometimes it's out of just um, greed where they want something. And But I think a lot of people will just stay quiet. And, and I used to not be able to understand that. I understand a lot better now. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what happens. And that's why these people usually, they don't have the big come up and stay like Kevin Spacey had, like Harvey Weinstein had um, without me too. One of the, there were a lot of pitfalls of me too, but one of the good things is I think they did manage to nail a couple of these yeah. predators. For sure. Yeah, no, I think I think that's important. And I think the Spacey story is particularly important for another reason and that's it it highlights that abuse happens to men as well, happens to boys. Yes. And it's something that's just not talked about as much and boys are less likely to talk about the abuse they've been through just because of how, you know, we're taught what it's supposed to be, you know, the right way to be a man and that you're supposed to hold it together and, and be, you know, strong all the time. That it's particularly shameful when you're a male and you're abused, whether it's by another male or by a, by a woman, it's just particularly shameful for men to be able to admit that. Right. I think you're right. That's also why the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing was important. Yes. Same reason. Um, same reason. Okay, let's show a little bit of this. We'll see where we're at. Miss me. <laughs> oh, wait. You never actually saw me die, did you? <laughs> what is this? Conclusions can be so deceiving. Oh, my God. <laughs> Miss me. So weird. Wait, wait, no, that's not it. To separate us, but what we have is too strong. It's too powerful. And after all, we shared everything, you and I. 
I told you my deepest, darkest secrets. I showed you exactly what people are capable of. I shocked you with my honesty, but mostly I challenged you and made you think. <laughs> and you trusted me, even though you knew you shouldn't. Also, can I just say, as someone who's from South Carolina, so he his character that he's playing in the show House of Cards and that he's playing here, he's um he 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 does he's supposed to be from the the poor part of South Carolina. I think he's supposed to be from Gaffney, which is very close to where I grew up. Um, and he doesn't talk like a Gaffney person. He talks like the the elite um, plantation owner, Charleston kind of like the yeah. deep yeah. deep money south. Yes. And and so he studied this the southern accent, I guess the South Carolina accent. But he picked the genteel one. However, maybe that's because the character frank would have faked his own he that's would have wanted what, yeah. to have a genteel accent do you that's think that's what i was gonna say you know he he would want to appear more as someone from that class bracket as opposed to someone more from the poor south the youtube thing so i can see that the youtube chat yeah you wouldn't have you wouldn't have frank's character um talking like you know Come here, bring me that beer from the kitchen, will you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> bring me that beer. <laughs> I'd like to be your president. I like president. Yeah, this this is like a whole like double like I am Frank Underwood thing. It just it just it's it's another way of sort of like almost coming out of the psychopathy closet a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just strikes me as yeah. weird, but that's what I think it is, though. That's what I think it is. I'm telling you, I think he's just kind of showing us, like, this is actually who I am. So, cat's uh, out of the bag now. Let me find the kill him with kindness. It might have been, he did two of these, right? Yeah, the Christmas one. So that was the one of him sitting next to the fireplace, I believe. Yeah. And that, that one I remember very clearly. That was the one that also aired, like, the same day, like, hours after, I think it was Ari Vine that killed himself. Wow. Uh, yeah, That's so weird. So okay. the time there was just really sus. Okay, we're gonna share this one, guys. Uh, here we go. By the way, he named it KTWK. Yes. Kill him with kindness. Yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> oh, it's too hard to hear him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't hear anything. It's too low to hear it, guys. We're going to put the link in the chat so you can go watch it yourself whenever you want to. It, that one's short, too, I think. Yeah, that one's like less than a minute. Yeah, I think that one. So the the, the first one was sort of like his little post House of Cards announcement, sort of like striking back. And then the other one came out, you know, I think like three, four months later. Uh, and that was the, the, the kill them with kindness in code that's so creepy well peter this um in the chat says he just enjoyed being able to make a confession with total deniability yes that is the duping delight that's yeah. being able to sort of put it out there and at the same time have that deniability that plausible deni oh it was just a joke it was just a video just oh. joking yeah i'm an actor um, this is what i do Night Train, thank you. Night Train says, aside from FNT, I look forward to Carrie's stream more than any other. When she's on FNT, it's like pineapple on pizza. Perfect. That is disgusting. Oh, I, love pineapple. I can't believe you would say that. 
<laughs> it's okay because we like pineapple on our pizza. So. Um, and Night Train gives us a super chat and says, I don't feel scarred. Maybe I'm just different. Everyone would rub my hair, arms, etc., and it never really bothered me. I got that yellow fever. What? <laughs> I don't know if that's is that specifically in reference to going out in the gay community. Oh, it's from his previous super chat. I taught English in Korea. I'm a six foot uh, straight white male, and old men attempted to grope me inappropriately, semi regularly. I didn't mind it when the women did it, though. LOL. In Korea, I guess Korea is a low consent country. They don't they don't teach their kids consent there. You know what, Night Train? My husband also taught English in Korea for many. He lived there for many years. And he said um, people would uh, just culturally, we were talking about cultural differences. He told me that because um, I will sometimes do this, like come here. He said that's the rudest thing you can do. And don't ever do that with your finger cur curling it towards you. Don't. And um, but then they'll do weird things like one thing that's culturally acceptable there is for people to feed you. Like they'll they'll like your your wife might take a piece of food and with chopsticks and try to put it in your mouth or or his students would sometimes try to feed him like come running over with a piece of cake like teacher and try to <laughs> put his mouth and he's like oh, oh, uh, no <laughs> no interesting interesting and I do remember hearing that on Japan there's this like like one of the weird perversions that some of the, the dudes have is like they assault women. Um, on the trains in public because the, mm. the trains are so crowded that the people are just very like sardine packed and that they, you know, you, people are naturally just pushed up against one another. And there are these dudes that really, um, you know, they, they get their jollies on making women in these public spaces feel uncomfortable such that then they, they won't cry out. You know, they, they feel, you know, and, and a lot of times that, you know, it's not, it's just it's something as simple as them being like really close and like breathing, you know, maybe like on our ear or something. And that can have like as much of a psychological effect on, you know, the individual woman because of the culture and the, the way that, you know, women there are much more reserved. Uh, it, it can psychologically impact them in much the same way as an actual like physical assault. So. I believe it. It's, it's, I think culturally there's a lot more of the, um, that sort of subway flasher slash the upskirt photos, things like that in some cultures. I mean, obviously in New York, there's things like that that happen as well, but I think, I think I hear mostly of that happening in some Asian cultures. No, um, New York, you just don't go on the subways anymore. It's not safe. <laughs> I mean, do, we don't, you, we don't yeah. like to be on the I mean, subway. Definitely don't go by yourself. <laughs> go don't go by yourself. Day. Go during the day. Don't go uh, to Brooklyn. <laughs> stay out of the Bronx in yeah. Brooklyn or deep Brooklyn, certain parts of Brooklyn. The Free like Porch that. Conservative, thank you, sir, says, I'm not late, not grooming, almost mentally regular. Well, good. And you got a fancy chapeau. <laughs> I like his hat. Uh, yeah, I love it. He's always got a fancy hat on. Okay. I love it when people have like their, their faces in their their accounts. So it, because it, it just I don't know, it adds like a level of personality. It makes me think, oh, that's a real person, as opposed to just like you know, you know, I say that in my yeah. my our YouTube avatars like our cartoon cats yeah. <laughs> getting sniffed by Joe Biden. My my current Twitter one too is yeah, my cartoon cat, but. Oh, my Twitter one changes all the time. Same. I'm always switching it around. But I don't know. I think, you know, sometimes people just, they have particular reasons for being admin online. And 
this is true. This is true. I'm sure sometimes there are very good reasons, but yeah, when you're at an online, you're also more prone to saying, uh, shit that you probably would not say if you weren't. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like, uh, when I was, I was reading some mask studies back when they, they started doing the mask mandates. One of the ones I read said, and this makes sense. Careful. uh, (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, it said, this is this is actually more about behavior and not about whether they do anything oh. or not. It was it was that when people wear a mask, they had done these studies that your inhibitions are lowered, which makes sense. And it's the same thing online. I think sometimes if you are, are anonymous, your inhibitions are yeah. a little bit lowered. Oh yeah. Um, then less of a filter. You're more likely, I think, to say something. The probably, keyboard yeah. warrior. Yeah. yeah. Or stupid or cruel, even because you just you know you're not going to face any like real backlash or consequences from that you know i think it's um more common in the youth too or people that are stuck emotionally in a at a young age level i think it was mike tyson who said you know um like everyone's tough until they get punched in the face and you know people online who especially when they're anonymous they say all these big things and they talk really big and i think people like that have never actually truly been confronted in real life that's mm-hmm. another part of this too. You know, how many of these people have ever actually, you know, been in a fight <laughs> or been the punched? Ones, the ones who so, say yeah. threatening things online. Because yeah. it's like, would they say those things, right? To someone say to their face, if they knew that <laughs> the potential for that was there too. And I don't know, you know, I'm not advocating violence here, but I am saying sometimes people say shit that it's just like, boy, if you said that in person to someone, you'd probably get knocked the fuck out right now. So you have some audacity to say it and clearly you can say it because you're hiding behind, you know, anonymity and you're on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. everyone's tough on the internet. Which is kind of like, let's bring it back to Kevin Spacey. Yeah. He's can talk tough and, you as know, the character as the character. Exactly. Exactly. I'm sorry. I cut you off. I just, I was like, no, oh, yes, it's yeah. as, he likes to put on that character to say what he really wants to say. Yeah. Um, what is this? I had another tab open here about the movie that he lost. So uh, he's doing nothing right now, right? He has like no. I think he's just no, fighting these cases. Yeah, he's not acting. He's not, you know, in any shows or movies or anything. Because I definitely haven't heard of him doing anything. No, he's been too busy dealing with his court cases. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's basically, I think, going to be the rest of his now, life. I couldn't find. <laughs> I'm not sure when the next date for his civil uh, lawsuit from Anthony Rapp is in New York. I'm waiting to. See, I haven't seen when the when the next when the next hearing date is for that. So the, the court date in the UK is June 23rd. Maybe somebody in the chat can ferret out when the next happening in the Anthony Rapp American case will go down. Those are the, it's funny that those are the ones that he deigned to kind of address in the media because of course he would because they're fellow actors and he considers them, they're going to be taken more seriously. And so he kind of commented on those. Well, if it happened, I'm sorry. It was just drunken misbehavior. See, you know, that's going to that's gonna be a real big problem for him because now he's pled not guilty. Um, and he's already made an apology. So he's got this very public sort of admission of potential guilt. Mm-hmm. He's already admitted that he doesn't really remember because it was so long ago and he was probably drunk or he was drunk. Um, so it's gonna it's gonna be a really interesting case. Uh, I, I don't think, and it's not federal court. I'm pretty sure it's New York State Superior Court. So there might actually be cameras in the courtroom uh, for that one. 
So if so, it'll make some interesting uh, law tubing for sure. Mm -hmm. um, what did you guys just send me? That is the link to um, his current loss. Of, oh, this uh, is yeah. where things stand now. Let's bring this, this is up. This is article. This is from four days ago, July 14th. Um, oh. So yeah, he lost his role in 2012 or no, 1242. I'm sorry. Gateway to the West. Um, news of his departure for the film comes the same date that that was set for his UK uh, UK S assault trial. So it, it was interesting. Like it, clearly, they're connected. It happened on the same day. Yeah. For anyone that's just listening at home, this is a Hollywood Reporter article. Uh, Can film, film parts ways with Kevin Spacey amid UK sexual assault charges. Uh, Kevin Spacey will no longer be starring in 1242 Gateway to the West. The Hollywood Reporter has confirmed. The news of his departure, as you just said, from the film comes on the same day as the date was set for his UK sexual assault trial. On Thursday, the two-time Oscar winner pleaded not guilty to five charges against him, which includes four counts of sexual assault against three men dating back to 2005. Justice Mark Wall, who was overseeing the hearing at London's historic Central Criminal Court, set the trial date for June 6, 2023. The actor had been set to start in 1242, a historical Genghis Khan drama that was one of two spacey starring features shot at the 2022 Cannes Film Market in May, directed by Peta Seuss. I don't know. The, the cast also includes... <laughs> I just like to pronounce them wrong with confidence. Peta Seuss. The cast also includes Eric Roberts. right, actually. <laughs> Christopher Lambert, Neil Stuke, and Guinevere Florence. Um. Wow. Yeah, he's probably still facing fallout from this. That the fact that these are ongoing. These and apparently, he was, as it says there, he was the only one on the movie poster. So <laughs> they must have changed their mind rather because none of this is new information. I yeah. mean, all that stuff. Stand, I guess it was just the publicity eventually got to whoever is behind the film, and they were like, "No, we don't. No." Replace him. Find somebody else. Yeah. <clears throat> Listen to this. Spacey is also set to star in Peter 5-8 with, uh, with those film producers continuing to back the Oscar winner amid the new charges as the House of Cards star attempts to resurrect his acting career following the hashtag MeToo era sexual misconduct allegations that derailed his TV and film roles. Uh, so he's still on that one. Yeah. He's well, on unconditional bail until his London trial, allowing him to move freely in and out of the UK. Yeah, so the, the charges against him in the UK are criminal charges. So, uh, and the charges here in the US are civil. He's being sued basically because uh, the statute of limitations in the criminal, uh, in that situation expired. But in the UK, I don't believe they have really loose rules about statute of limitations, about, you know, like S assault and that kind of stuff. Um, so they were able to proceed with a criminal, uh, criminal proceeding against him. So he's on unconditional bail. It basically means he's not, he doesn't have, you know, he's basically treated like everybody else. He's technically out on bail, but he didn't actually have to pay bail. He doesn't have any bail requirements. Um, it's just sort of understood that, you know, because of his fame, he's not obviously just going to disappear. Yeah. So this is so it's, it's fascinating when they, I mean, I'm I'm prejudiced here, my opinion, because I I'm telling you right up front. I think he's guilty of maybe not every accusation, because you know when accusations start, then other people come out of the woodwork. But I I believe 
that he's guilty of some of these things. And uh, I think that he has some kind of personality disorder. <laughs> so these are all things I'm, these are my presuppositions. Yeah, so no, it's interesting real, to me. Like, yeah. Like Josh they, says, diagnose. You know, oh, you, yeah. can you don't have to be an expert <laughs> for some of this stuff to diagnose. Sometimes it's just really obvious, like call a spade a spade. You don't got to sit there and be right. like, oh, well, he might be. He probably is, you know. Besides, I, don't think wrong with saying I, I can't diagnose anyway. I am yeah. not a doctor, so I can say whatever I want. I can have whatever opinion I want. And, right. and it's good to have opinions and learn how to spot these red flags of these personality disordered types. It's good to be able to do that. All that being said, because I think all that about him. The fact that he's insisting that he's not guilty and he's trying to resurrect his career, that always, that to me, that's like the Amber Heard kind of narcissism thing where it's sort of like, it doesn't matter what evidence you have against me. It doesn't matter what's painfully obvious to so many. I am going to continue yeah. to be out here. Like they don't have they, any shame. They think they're going to win. And it's like, look, yeah. look, look what happened to Epstein, for example. The first time he got caught. What year was this, Brent, that you got locked up the first time? Uh, 2000, I want to say 2003. Three? 2003. So it's like he got locked up. He served like two years and like a, I think it was something like two it was, years. It was probation. Yeah, a really or, cushy well, probation. It was, no, it wasn't probation. I'm sorry. It was like during the day he was like in jail on the weekends yeah. or something strange. And then during the day he was allowed to go to his office where he would also you know continue to meet young yeah. ladies. So the abuse continued even while he was under probation and stuff. And he even while he was like yeah. serving his sentence yes. for being. Yeah, and he continued rubbing elbows with the Hollywood elite and stuff. As soon as all of that was over, kept and, hanging out yeah, with Bill Gates, kept hanging out with him, you know, until he gets uh, you know, caught again. Obviously, later on, even after, I think in two thousand eight, after yeah. he got caught the second time, yes. I think it was he was still hanging so, out with Bill Gates. And here, and here's why I'm bringing this up because you know, after he died, the hashtag went around: Epstein didn't kill himself. And there are a lot of people who still contend with that. They're like, yeah. I, I, you know, he probably did. It doesn't make any sense. You know, maybe he just, he wanted to escape his fate and this and that. I don't buy that. You know, when I look at someone like Epstein, I'm like, that guy wouldn't have just given up that way. I it's think, no. my point is, I, I think he, I think he would have continued to try to fix his image yeah. to get back yes. to the game. Narcissists do not like, self-delete. Yeah. He yes. I don't think he was going to just kill himself no. and give up. That guy really believed he would continue and that I think he would get away with it. And so this is why I'm not convinced that he, uh, quote unquote, killed himself. But I'm with you. I think a man like that also, um, a lot of people think that someone maybe took him out and they, they presented it as a suicide. I don't think anyone took him out either because I think a guy like that would have had several kill switches where it's like, if I die, all this info comes out about all these people, right? So I think, I think he's still alive. That's just me. This yeah. is the conspiracy. I need my tinfoil hat. I just that's, don't. That's, 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 that's one theory. I also, I, I'm, I'm of a mind that Jelaine isn't actually locked up right now. Yeah. They have a body. That's <laughs> she, they're paying somebody like to be in there yeah. for her. She's the one I think has the kill switches set up person. Yeah. I think maybe what happened. Also, she was more connected than he yeah. was. Well, I think. Familially. Yeah, I think, yeah, she did have the deeper connections to Maxwell family and all that ties to the Mossad. You know, we went into that into dang on Dangerous Rhetoric. But, you know, with Epstein, it's like, I don't know, maybe he didn't set those kill switches up. Maybe he had such hubris and he was so certain that he would just never get maybe caught. He, you know? Maybe he did. And, you know, it's the people just, that knew how to disarm them, yeah, disarmed them. Disarmed them. I don't know. I lean toward him being dead, but just being the conspiracy theorist type that I am and I love to play with those ideas and to speculate into you know it's fun I think to do that and you don't you can hold ideas and wear them you don't have to like 
accept everything you know that you think about i think it is uh, an interesting way to look at it and hmm. yeah i don't i have i have no idea but that's just that's what my gut says that's what <laughs> if i were to do a conspiracy theory show yeah. i don't have a lot of stock in convincing i don't need to convince other people though so i'm not gonna try to waffle thank you for the 15 dollars in i still don't know what that is is that Nintendo money what is it shekels it's oh. Israeli currency. Yeah. By the way, the currency not Bitcoin. Symbol. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Shekels, not Bitcoin. Sorry. You Last know, time Waffle cool. gave me a super chat, I was like, "Is that? Big? Are you giving me three Bitcoin?" <laughs> no, it's no. Shekels. Hello, <laughs> my friend. No, the Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin symbol is a little B with the two lines yeah. through it. So oh. it's like the dollar sign. It's like the dollar sign. The S, except it's a B with the two dashes. Uh, so Waffle gives me fifteen Nintendo dollars and says, "Kevin Spacey backwards." <laughs> is nevik yecaps which means absolutely nothing by yeah. the way the currency symbol is shekels not bitcoin sorry greetings from israel thank you very much for the shekels sorry for my ignorance uh okay so did you guys want to talk more about psychopathy and kevin spacey or i have one other news item i would like to put on the screen see what you think about it i it think we've run through yeah, all i'm just through going through my links here to make sure we did the uk stuff we went over the three people who passed um oh and then the latest uh this is the latest and this is from april 10th actually okay this is kevin spacey's judge uh lawyers are asking the judge to throw out uh kevin rapp's um civil suit against him let me see i can put this link in the private chat if you want to pull it up paste okay. um let me, yeah let me grab this and then where there's the last little bit of kevin spacey update we're doing and then i, I have something else i want to talk about yeah there's actually uh, another story i'll show you too that is weird and somewhat related but not necessarily uh i'll put that here you can look at that later um but yeah this is uh so where did i put that link? kevin spacey <laughs> this is the headline Deadline article from April. Kevin Spacey asked judge to throw out Anthony Rapp's sex abuse lawsuit. Oh, to just totally get rid of it. Kevin yep. Spacey has filed yet another motion in federal court in his ongoing battle with actor Anthony Rapp over alleged sexual abuse. Spacey's lawyers asked the judge Friday to dismiss Rapp's sex abuse lawsuit, claiming the allegations made about Spacey's conduct at a 1980 party were false and never occurred. Wow, you're right, though. In his apology, he said if they did occur... Yeah, it's, you know, it's so that, that's going to be the rub for him here. And that's why I think he's not going to be able because he had he not done that, had he have just sort of denied, denied, denied from the beginning, that might have been plausible. But since he sort of already publicly opened himself up with an apology, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. And the, the thing that annoyed me about this article is that it doesn't tell you what the next step in the legal process is. You know, it just talks about the guy from Nantucket who got dismissed in 2019. And that was from, so that, that story, the reason that got, that guy got dismissed, this was a separate, so this guy actually survived, um, but he refused to testify. Um, he was pleading the fifth a lot and he um, had some, some cell phone evidence, text messages or pictures that were deleted from his phone. And the, because they were saying that he was sort of unwilling uh as a plaintiff to continue with the lawsuit. So the lawsuit had to be dropped. Now, what I wonder is because he was, a, you know, this is another John Doe young person. Um, I wonder if they threatened him, you know, like, 
you're, if he's pleading the fifth, the fifth amendment, it, when you plead the fifth, you do that because you think that as a consequence of you telling the truth, you can either, um, you know, suffer, case. you know, you can suffer legal uh, actions or you yourself could be, you know, physically endangered. Um, so I, I, you know, I thought that was interesting. He, he was pleading the fifth and he would refuse, he was refusing to, uh, to skip that part. You know, he had to waive his fifth amendment rights and he, he wouldn't. So that was an interesting end to that lawsuit. There's, again, there's just so many of these incidents with Kevin Spacey. I find it very hard to believe that everyone is making it up or exaggerating. You know, yeah. let's, and we just do a tally, right? You know, okay, so the tally right now is we've got five people in the UK. We've got uh, Anthony Rapp. We've got um, the, this young boy here, the 18-year-old. Um, we have the masseuse, the unnamed masseuse who died of cancer. We have uh, Ari Bine who uh, self-deleted. Yeah. So right there, that's nine, nine people just off the top of my head. Yeah, all connected to this. That's a lot. <laughs> that's <laughs> why, yeah. That's why I think there's where there's smoke, there's fire. So, um, we can leave that. I guess I mean, we can leave yeah. that. In the there. chat said Kevin Spacey is not an issue. I mean, I don't, I don't think we're discussing this as an issue about him specifically, but I think the, the subjects that this story touches on are an issue. Psychopathy. Oh, absolutely. Empower. Yeah, abuse of boys, especially again, abuse something not talked about enough. So in, in that regard, the I think origins of evil, right? Yes, origins of evil. So I think, you know, what we're doing here, Kevin Spacey is just a sort of jumping off point, like an example, an anecdote about, you know, a much bigger a case study, a case study if you will. about a much bigger, thing we're talking about that is actually like a series of issues right yeah so. i'm i'm interested you know me i mean i'm interested in all this stuff and i think it all relates back because i uh even my interest in true crime and stuff it comes from a place of trying to understand evil yeah. like trying to wrap my head around it and so much of even to take it back to the book we talked about at the beginning from book club the real anthony fauci we were talking about in book club yesterday one of the um I think one of the roadblocks for for people is believing a that their government do doesn't have their best interests at heart. It's hard for them to believe that unless they grew up in a communist country or a place where they <laughs> they know they know right. They but know. we here grow up a lot of us with the illusion. I used to be under the illusion that they they really care for us. No, but the second uh, the second thing the second roadblock is when you're reading this. There's so much evil that Fauci did that you almost um are left wondering how could like how how could a person do these things knowing what they're doing and so many people in this book who participated in knowing what they're doing there's there's one guy he was a he was a scientist from the who uh dr andrew hill and that part of the story is just crazy because you see this guy who he won't do the right thing because he says he says he's being pressured he won't do the right thing and then and then you see him sort of evolve and the 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 longer that you refuse to do the right thing i think the more you get mired in bad decisions and evil and the more it spirals and you start and by the end he's like got a career attacking these doctors who are telling the truth now he started off he could have been one of them he was one of them and then he went the other way i just think it's all related like why do people do evil i think a roadblock for some is that they couldn't imagine that fauci would do these things so even if they were to read it they might go well, I know you're giving me facts and stuff and studies and everything, but and 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 evidence of his knowledge of some of these things. 
but I still don't believe it. <laughs> like, so, this is this is an interesting thing that ties into just predators in general too. Going back to the subject of like Kevin Spacey and all that, it's you know typically what these types will do is they'll ingratiate themselves in a community. They'll you know volunteer at the soup kitchen. They'll they'll you know walk the old lady across the street and things like that. And then when it's revealed that so and so is a child molester and did this, the community they just they don't. They typically don't believe it you know yeah. they they turn on the victim in a lot of cases and we recommend the book predators by anna salter she talks a lot about this in that book but you know they will typically not believe the victim and like support the victimizer because he's just presented himself in this mm -hmm. like amazing like perfect community citizen image that you know oh so and so they would never do that they volunteer at the church every sunday and this and this and that and they can put that mask on, you know, they can wear that sort of disguise and appear to be like a truly caring, good person, but it's just, they're feigning it. It's a facade, you know, and then on the side, they're doing all these horrible things and, you know, hurting kids, yeah. et cetera. I think that uh, a couple people in the chat nailed it. Jean Ellis. Hi, Jean. She says, good people have a hard time recognizing that there's immense evil in other people. Yes, this is a bias that people have. I think all people where you assume that everyone's like you and so... Yeah evil people they i think they believe that everyone's evil like they are like they really believe everyone no, i don't think that's it i think they really? know i think a psychopath gets some of them get to the point where i think they do fundamentally understand there's something different about them and i think what happens is they actually view themselves as superior they're better than mm. you they're better than us your your pesky little pathetic emotions ugh, they keep you from doing the things that i can do to get oh power. you're right there is that element oh, of and, and this is how i think some of them view it you know when they start to see themselves as but they they do they do sort of see us as you know curious like yeah. well they see us as 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 less than but also there is this sort of they i think they do to they, they do project their own evil outward Maybe, because yeah. they they generate all these narratives that justify and rationalize why yeah. their abuse of the individual is reasonable yeah. Yeah. and then they believe them and they they believe them so well that you know they could pass a lie detector test if they were being asked or they can convince other people you know because they just seem so genuine when they tell their side of the tale yeah. well that's because they believe their own bs they don't have the capacity to for that for self-doubt you know, like that's the, they, it's completely absent in a, in a natural born psychopath. Yeah. So to go back to the point the commenter made too, you know, I think as people with a conscience and especially if you're someone who has a functioning conscience and a functioning one and you're high in empathy and you really do care about people, naturally it's like, we want to believe there's a little bit of good in everyone. We want to believe that everyone, every being is somehow just redeemable, even in just the slightest way. We want to think, you know, even Hitler can be saved and things like that. And, it's it's way more difficult and hard to grapple with the possibility that that may not be the case and that that's the, not the case yeah. there are and some people who hard. that's hard though for people who do have empathy to accept especially you know if you're you know someone who's deeply spiritual or religious and then you're thinking about this question of the soul and like how does that tie into this you know does everyone have a soul you know is a psychopath a soulless being no like, yes probably not right i don't know <laughs> but it's like you have to ask these questions like what constitutes a soul like if someone 
I'm with you, Brentley. <laughs> I don't. I don't think Jeffrey Epstein had a soul. I don't think Billy Maxwell had a soul. That's a hard thing to contend with. That there can be like beings out there that are more just vessel, and there's not. They're much, empty. They're yeah. like hollows and bleach. So if you get that reference. That's not yeah. a thing for people who are empathetic to accept. I think we do just want to believe people are all good, and we want to help. We want to save them. You know, we want to somehow fix them and make them not evil. And that could be your undoing because they will use that shit against yeah. you. Yeah. I want to co- respond to this. Rib Rascal in chat says, we all have the capacity for yes. evil. I've felt it. Yes, I agree. It yeah. is very dark. Yes. The book, um, uh, Crime and Punishment. It, all about that. that. Yeah. All about that. And that's the main character who I would argue he's not a psychopath. He's not an evil person. He's a person who allows himself to commit a great evil. And then, yeah. and then the rest of the book is him Out grappling de- with it. Yeah. Out of and, desperation and, and, you know, a lot of reasons. But, I mean, you... It's weird. It's like you kind of sympathize a little bit with with Raskolnikov, but at the same time, you know, you hate him. He's like he's not like. Oh yeah, and the thing is, you watch you watch in that book. He could at that point after he's committed this great evil, this murder. You watch his, his. There's a his soul. There's like a struggle for his soul. So now, do you become? Do you just succumb to and become this evil person, or or do you do you find a path of redemption? And yeah. and the rest of the book, I think, is about that because he yeah. he a psychopath wouldn't have all the problems he's having with that, with living with it. Yes, that internal right. struggle that that Raskolnikov goes through in the book would not be a thing for a psychopath. Right. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have any problem with having killed someone. They would just go on as if, you know, nothing happened. And, but yeah, yeah, then, but I think Rib made a good point is that, you know, even non-psychopaths can be evil. Yes. We can, you All know, through a combination of choice or, you know, damage. Um, unthinkingness. I think it's mechanical unthinkingness. A lot of evil It's just people not even questioning, you know, it's look at what happened over the last two years, all the authoritarianism and shit we saw, how much of that was like real, just like people doing evil and how much of that was people just sitting back and letting things happen yeah. the way they yeah. happened. And, and this goes back to, you know, the concept that Hannah Arendt talked about just the banality of evil, right? Like most evil, I think just takes place from people simply just following orders and letting the course of things go the way they're going. They're not necessarily active participants all the time in that evil, but just by being a supporter or a silent, um, a silent observer of it, in a sense, you kind silence of, you, is complicity. Yes, you you are part of that larger banality of evil that happens on a societal wide scale. Yeah. But back to the individual, I agree with the comment. You know, and it's like Solzhenitsyn said, the line of good and evil runs through every human heart, and I think it's true. You know, the dark things in us, they're there, and that's one of the reasons I think we're able to be good people. Like Peterson talks about this all the time. It's because we know the sick, evil shit we're capable of doing to other people that we know what not to do to other people yeah, understand yeah. because we know what we don't want done to us yeah yeah jordan peterson um zato gives a great quote from peterson i don't think that you have any insight whatsoever into your capacity for good until you have some well-developed insight into your capacity for evil that's yep. actually there's an there's a much older quote from c.s lewis it's a it's something like um oh, no awful. man no man knows how uh how bad he is until he has tried very hard to be good yeah um and, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's it, C.S. Lewis is, I know that Peterson reads him a lot. He's got a lot of great content or content, good, a lot uh, of great writing on this stuff. Good quote too by 
Dion. She put a couple of them out there, but this one's Nathaniel Hawthorne. There is evil in every human heart, which may remain latent, perhaps, through the whole of life, but circumstances may rouse it to activity. It's <laughs> yeah. a good one. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. I'm going to run to the bathroom and just go, go for it. it. Okay. I this think is... This is one of my, I mean, I love talking about this stuff. That's why I'm excited to read the book you guys suggested. And whoever it was that, that gave the original comment, I can't find, I'm trying to scroll up, but they were saying like Kevin Spacey's not that important. Oh, uh, it's not an issue. Care, well, then he says, why do I even bother? Well, thank you for bothering because you actually prompted a really interesting yeah. conversation, I think. Yeah, no, so, for real. I mean, you can have those comments. We, I mean, we don't have to necessarily disagree with, how you stated it or whatever, but I mean, we appreciate, you appreciate it. Kind of I, stuff I would be talking yeah. about in the room if somebody sure. was disagreeing, like it's just, yeah. I love this stuff. So, But I think I get the point that they were making it with the comment. Um, so let me address it a bit. And I think there's a bit of validity to it. Sure, there are huge, bigger stories and things going on in the world right now, besides Kevin Spacey. So if you want to look at it in the sense of that, like comparing certain events and things happening right now, Yes, obviously, there's probably a million other like very important things we could talk about, but it doesn't mean that the issues that surround a story like Kevin Spacey aren't real issues that are important to discuss. And I think that's all. That's the only point I was trying to make. You know, I wasn't trying to say that, oh, Kevin Spacey is a huge important issue that everyone should be more concerned about than everything else. It's no, obviously not. But I mean, look, if people don't care about the subject, you don't have to watch either. So there's also also yeah. Oh, I never justify what I talk about, really. It's like, I just talk about what it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, whatever interests you. <laughs> that's what we do on Dangerous Rhetoric as well. We yeah. have a diverse range of things that interest us. It's part of part of why it's hard to grow the show for us, because, you know, we just have such a wide variety of things that we like to discuss. The algorithm probably doesn't even know who to recommend us to sometimes. <laughs> but, Crime um, and Punishment. People are asking what book. Yes. It was crime and punishment, um, yes. which is excellent. Yeah. So I'm going to bring up this. I'm going to switch from topics the here. Notes from the Underground is a really good book, too, by Dostoevsky. It's a novella, so it's a really short one. But another one that looks at the question of evil in depth. So I am going to change the subject. This is an article that Manny told me about during book club yesterday. Thank you, Manny. I wasn't aware, and I am very excited um, CNBC just listed in this article that these 10 states are America's worst places to live in 2022. And they listed my state, Texas, is number two, the word, the second worst state to live in. What? Please get, we need, to, first of all, let's get the word out. Um, I'm going to make some memes. I, especially if you have friends in California, please send them this article. I want them to know how awful it is here. Don't come here. It Don't sucks. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's so bad. Everybody has guns and you can't get an abortion. It's a war zone. You're going to die. Be careful, man. Don't it's, go to Texas. It's the most terrible state. And uh, it's the second most terrible state. Actually, so let's read through this together. I'm curious what you guys think of it. We can pause and talk about it because it's really, when I got into the meat of the article, it's really funny how they came up with this list. Um, key points. In this era of severe worker shortages and unprecedented mobility, employees are demanding great quality of life in the state where they choose to, I guess, move and work. Half of business executives surveyed agree it's important to do business in states with inclusive laws. Okay. But... but 
half of them disagree with that then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's a nonsense statement. Like, what's the point? Like, <laughs> by the wow. way, I think you're going to see that a lot of this is about ESG, which I know you guys are. CNBC's annual, annual America's top state for business study considers multiple measures of the quality of life, health, and inclusion. Okay. Uh, so it says uh, they're talking about workers demanding a welcoming environment and a great quality of life in the places they work. This is why CNBC's annual America's Top States for Business study pays particular attention to quality, quality of life. Now, with workers increasingly holding the cards, it's especially important in our methodology. Our life, health, and inclusion category considers factors such as crime rates, environmental quality, and health care. For the first time in 2022, we also consider the availability of child care which is the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, uh, which the U.S. Chamber of Commerce found is a major obstacle for parents seeking to re-enter the workforce. We also consider inclusiveness of state laws in areas like protections against discrimination and voting rights. That's not politics, it's business. Uh, many Gen Z and millennial workers will turn down jobs that don't match their values, Deloitte found. If you need workers, you want to be a place they're willing to go. We found some states are particularly are not particularly welcoming, but oh, we found that some are particularly welcoming, but these ten fall short. So that so must be the list of their top ten places that are the best to live. Yeah, we'll check that one out next. I bet you California is on there. California and New York probably top of the list. Let's read what's awful about my state, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course we go back to the coof. Terrible, 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 terrible place. Yeah. First of all, I just want to take this picture of a person in the hospital in, and put, Texas, don't move here. This could be you. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is Texas. <laughs> this is Texas. Like, perfect. <laughs> Warnings on everything. Like Everyone here is dying of COVID. <laughs> yeah, kind of like the cigarette boxes in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> like an advertisement to travel to Texas. They just got to put like horrible images like this up there you know yeah. suffer from going there yeah texas do you really want to end up this way okay skilled workers are still flocking to texas despite long-standing quality of life issues according to census data the state ranks number three for net migration of college educated workers behind florida and washington oh, it sucks but when they arrive they are finding limited childcare options a stressed healthcare system with the highest rates of the uninsured, new curbs on voting rights, what? And few protections. You have to show an ID. Yeah, God forbid, right? <laughs> right? Curbs on voting rights. God forbid yeah. you have to show an ID. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You have to identify yourself and prove <laughs> it's, it's, oh easier, it's easier to get into an R-rated movie than it is, or it's Seriously. harder to get into an R-rated movie than it is to, you know, go to somebody else. Yeah, that's a whole other subject right there. And, and few protections against discrimination. Now, it's funny. They don't give any information on what they mean by this. So I think you're right. Curbs on voting rights, they mean you have to show your ID to vote. And few protections against discrimination. I think that means that we've now decided you cannot um, do a double mastectomy on your 12-year-old. Yeah, God forbid, right? Man, you can't cut your kids' tits off. What kind of world are we living in here? <laughs> Crazy. My rights, my rights. My rights. Uh, strengths: 
None. No metrics in the top 50 percent. Oh, wow. Uh, we got an F. I'm going to make so many memes with this. Here, <laughs> F. F. Uh, please, our weaknesses are childcare, health resources, inclusiveness, and voting rights. Yeah, don't come All right, here. so strengths, gun rights. Texas is constitutional carry, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's a strength. <laughs> uh, strengths are some of our strengths are the very things they're decrying, in yes. my opinion. It's like right. if you're the if you're the kind of person who wants to make sure that multiple people aren't uh, voting and or people aren't voting multiple times. I mean, yeah, you have to show your ID to vote here. Uh, we uh, are not allowing parents any any longer. It was happening uh, as, as young as 13 could get a an elective double mastectomy here, but um, no more. Um, what else? That should be nationwide, really. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand why. Why can it, you know we have such strong protections for children against statutory rape? Um, you know, because we understand that children can be coerced, they can be manipulated, they can appear to give consent when they are not actually capable of giving that consent. And they can go along with an activity that may not be to their best interests. And yet, you know, when it comes to this, this gender bending stuff, you know, they want to give them the puberty blockers or the, the cross sex hormones or the double mastectomies. And in some cases there was even, uh, I think it was Jazz Jennings is the, the young uh, trans woman now who had bottom surgery, had her, uh, or had his, I don't even know what pronouns to use, had his, the, the penis chopped off. Wow. So, at 16. Yeah. But it's not happening, Brent. But it's not happening. It's not happening. Oh, it's rare. It's so rare. It's not happening. Oh, but when it does happen, it's actually a good yeah. thing. It's on TV, Carrie, but it's not happening. But it's not happening. There was a whole TV show about it. Yeah. They're, they're it's telling you that it's not happening. It's not I'm happening like, Sweetie. It's not happening. Uh, are you guys? I just got a message from my husband saying to turn my microphone up. Are Can we you loud? guys hear me? I hear uh, we you. We can hear you. Okay. No, Maybe I think he was just saying my microphone was low or something. Anyway. You, you can turn your microphone up. I think I just did. So we should Thank be good. How does it sound in the chat? What does the chat say? Chat, weigh in. Uh, sorry to interrupt with that notice. I just, I wasn't paying attention and I saw that come in 23 minutes ago. He said it was low. Uh, anyway. Talking quiet or something. Yeah. Well, let's see what the worst state is. Arizona. Arizona, it's uh, they're talking about how it's a dry heat. Uh, it, it leads to some of the worst air quality in the nation, according to the American Lung Association. Uh, they have 39 high ozone days per year. They have stress on an already poor healthcare system, short on hospital beds. They spend just $79 per person on public health. Wow. Among the country's lowest. And uh, Air quality, health resources, inclusiveness, low on that as well. Okay. <laughs> what does that even mean? So basically, Arizona is dry and you can't get free money there. So don't go there. Yeah. Oh, and then look, my where I'm my home state. I'm from South Carolina. They're number four. <laughs> they uh they get, let's say they finish at the bottom for healthcare resources and oh look, weaknesses, voting rights. Health resources and crime. They are also there, require ID in South Carolina. Are there no like blue states on this? 
I don't think so. Oklahoma. That's, well, it's. I mean, it's a CNBC. It's thing. ridiculous. It's, just, so it's like, so obviously. Biased. We're not going to look at crime rates in California. We're not going to look at crime rates in New York and New Jersey. We're not going to. No. Missouri, <laughs> Louisiana, New Mexico. Are you kidding me? No. Indiana, Tennessee. Like, how is New Jersey not on here? I'm from New Jersey, and I can tell you, it should probably a lot be on of these. A lot list. of these are uh, are pro gun rights. Yeah, states, exactly. Too. And you go to Jersey; it's the strictest, probably. I wouldn't even be surprised if all ten of them were uh, constitutional carry at this point. Probably. Okay, well, let's see. I haven't looked at this yet, so this will be a surprise. The ten states. Now, CNBC did a a companion piece: the ten best states to live. <laughs> let's see. This is going to be good. Iowa. Iowa's number 10. Never been yeah. there. Uh, good for healthcare, they say. Um, Never been to Oregon either. Oregon. Oh, my goodness. Oregon. You guys, why are you leaving Oregon? I mean, just stay there. It's the best. It's the eighth best. Oh, apparently they're tied. They're tied. Oh, they're tied. So it, Oregon is tied with New, New Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there it is. I was wondering where where my state was going to pop up on the list. What does it say about Jersey? Let me see. You want to read it? Yeah, let's see it. How comprehensive are New Jersey's public accommodation laws? According to the National Conference of State Legislators, this is one of the only five states to bar discrimination based on pregnancy and childbirth. The Garden State is also one of America's safest in terms of violent crimes per capita. Are you, are you kidding me? Camden is one of the most dangerous cities in the country. Let me stop. Uh, strengths, inclusiveness, voting rights, crime rate. Crime rate? Again, Camden is one of the most dangerous cities in the country. Nork is also quite a dangerous place. Well, but that's why rates. they put that's why they put it in terms of per capita and not in terms of raw numbers. Yeah. Because if you were to look at the raw numbers of yes. incidents, yep. it would seem very high. You know, but when you break it, you know, put it over the population, it it muddles out the effect. Yeah. I mean, New Jersey, though, it's the most densely populated state. We have the most people crammed into the smallest amount of space. Of yeah. course, we're going to have high crime rates. So it is a valid point. Do you notice how in the in the article with the 10 worst states to live, they had scary pictures of people <laughs> at the hospital? Yes. Yeah. And in this one, they have like really fun, like they New Jersey. On the boardwalk, Jersey Shore, riding bikes. Like, yeah. <laughs> this could be you. <laughs> what do the weaknesses say? Child care. And air quality. Yeah, no gun rights though, right? Yeah. Freaking hate New Jersey gun laws, the worst. I'm shocked they put Nebraska on the good places to live. <laughs> the the Cornhusker the corn state. state. <laughs> They're oh, but they are weak on inclusiveness, Nebraska. You guys. <laughs> Come on, Nebraska. Step your representation up. Uh Washington is one of the best states to live. Everyone's fleeing ah. there. Yeah. Uh, Washington. Let's see. Wasn't uh, Chaz in Seattle? Uh, yeah, yeah. The Chaz is Seattle <laughs> and Portland. Portland, Portland in yeah. uh, Oregon is terrible. They have a high. They have a high inclusion score, and of course they're they really strong in anti-discrimination laws. Yep. So woke. Yeah. Um, it's interesting how they prioritize things. It's like it seems that the you know that if you have very good public resources for childcare, for public health, um, and for the environment. It's like that's when they yeah. give you the, the pluses. But yeah. nothing about the cost of living. You nothing about the cost that. of living. Nothing about you know gun rights, taxes, or taxes, taxes. Or property taxes. Nothing. Because New Jersey, I think, also New Jersey has some of the highest property taxes. Yes, in the nation. Yep. As yeah. Well. 
a lot of people who live in New Jersey and have their wealth there work in New York City. They don't live in New York City. Yeah. So they also say Missouri's great. They have a strength of inclusiveness. Uh, I don't know what that means. What the hell do they mean by that? Include. They don't include any info it on that. Doesn't North mean anything. Like I'm anyone? shocked they put North Dakota here though. Yeah, wasn't that? Uh, no, that was their. Uh, that was Whitmer, wasn't it? Didn't they have a light? Uh, lockdown policies too. Weren't they one of the states who were like, we're not doing this? No. So I or think was that South Dakota. I think that was South Dakota. Okay. South Dakota, North Dakota, very different yeah, yeah. in that regard. I have to excuse New York in the background. Yeah, it's just part of our vibe. Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, no, I think in North Dakota, I believe Governor Whitmer was the governor who the FBI had yes. basically sicked a bunch of assets and informants on these mentally ill people and you know basically got them to go along with this kidnapping plot and in they the well it was a whole big deal it was this big you know thing in the news and they blow it up and then when it came to the trial all of the people got uh you know they got the trial dismissed because it was revealed in the course of the trial that it was primarily the FBI and the FBI's agents People. and assets that were advancing the plot, you know, making suggestions about, you know, oh, we should go and do recon. Um, and, you know, so then they would go and they'd drive around and take pictures or whatever. And that was one of the things that they used to arrest all these men. Well, when it comes out, it's like they wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for the FBI giving them a big old shove. So right. they, they dismissed the whole thing because it was entrapment. Um, and then interesting data point with that though the guy that the fbi agent that was in charge of that investigation that was in charge of all those agents that oversaw the whole whitmer kidnapping thing was moved from you know their office in north dakota but brought him back home to washington dc just in time for january 6. Wow. so and then he was put in charge of that whole thing so it is very very suspicious when it comes to the, you know, when you look into these details and you start to connect all the dots, you're like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> I don't want to say like, <laughs> like a lot of the people involved in, in uh, all of these plots end up being FBI informants. <laughs> yeah, if we could defund the FBI or, you know, really, I'd like to get rid of all of the three letter agencies and just start fresh, just get rid of all of them. I think that would save us billions of dollars per year in terms of tax money. It would evaporate a there, lot of bureaucracy overnight. There's it, so much problems with the three letter agencies. Well, it's like, not just the FBI. I mean, FBI, CIA, the CIA ATF, or worse. the FDA, you know, ostensibly in charge of protecting our, our food and drug supply, which <laughs> they haven't really been doing a great job, have they, folks? Well, I mean, one of the things, you know, Kennedy had to sort of contend with us, but jfk especially after like the bay of pigs incident and all that stuff was like he started to realize just how powerful the cia was like almost like too powerful you know it's like here's an organization that is composed of like unelected officials who have a huge amount of influence in our foreign policy and they kind of involve themselves in in the politics of all these other nations across the world and they do it without any oversight typically even from the president and he started to realize like all the stuff they were just doing behind his back uh, fired Alan Dulles, who was the head of the CIA, that sort of thing. And then after JFK gets assassinated, Dulles ends up on the Warren Commission to investigate the assassination. You know, weird shit like that. So it's like, I think the, the CIA, I think, I always view them as kind of the, um, we'll say the strong arm of the secret government. 
Mm. Um, or the deep state, if you want to use that term. Like, I don't think they're the deep state themselves. I think they're more like they're they're the uh, secret soldiers in a sense. Yeah. Sent out to to keep the power. The secret police. Going. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to make a, a correction just to make sure it was very clear that that Governor Whitmore kidnapping plot that was Michigan. She's the Michigan, governor of Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, my bad. And that's fine. Uh, a couple people in yeah, the chat. There's so many things going on, man. It's it's really hard to remember the details of everything. Well, well, it's important fantastic. though because Michigan is yeah. a deep blue state. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no. Good, important correction for sure. Gracias. Hawaii, one of the best places to live, of course. So yeah, expensive. I mean, it is very expensive yes. though. Tourist spot, you know. Maine. Yeah. I need to go to Maine. I want to go to Stephen King's house. <laughs> wants to do I that. always forget Maine exists. And Vermont. Vermont. Uh, Shout out to Josh Slocum. <laughs> yeah, Josh. Voting rights strong. Inclusiveness weak. Strong, but not as strong as the other metrics. <laughs> no explanation what that means. But Again, there's no. it's just this vague, like, yeah. It's high and inclusive. How did you come to that? Can, what does that even mean? They don't explain. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's very strange. So dumb. New York's not on there. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that California is not is, on here. Yeah, well, New York. But I'm a little shocked. New Jersey ended up on. <laughs> like really? Yeah, you were like, "Where's New Jersey? Oh, it's on the best states to live." Listen. I'm shocked. I mean, but I'm not. I, actually, maybe I shouldn't be shocked. I should have expected that they would try to tout those blue states right i'm surprised yeah. they didn't have florida on the the bad the naughty list yeah man what was especially that especially with that whole you know parental rights bill yeah. right and so. then all the hate DeSantis is getting from these types yeah what uh thank you cowboy carpentry it's very nice to see you in the chat she gives a super chat and says i'm happy to see south carolina on that terrible 10 list yeah girl don't come here me? don't move stay here away. <laughs> stay away stay where you are Cool. South Carolina South Carolina's lovely. I need to see more of it. I've been to like Myrtle Beach. I played a show over oh, yeah. there when I was like 24, 25 and went on a little tour with friends band. Um it's lovely. I like Myrtle Beach. Although it rained a lot when I was there. Yeah. It's I mean, obviously special place in my heart. That's where I'm from. It's home for me in a different way than Texas. It's just um beautiful hiking, the outdoors like in the fall it's gorgeous there. All the trees change color and um, you know, the Appalachian Trail is there and I just love I'm from a really small town and it reminds me of some of the southern the the Texan small towns and you know, just these mom and pop owned diners and everything. Of course you have a lot of the fast food joints moving yeah. in now, like a lot of the chains, but there's still a good amount of of locally owned businesses. Climate wise, um, I, I think it's great. It's kind of, you know, in great. the middle. It's not so far south where it's like really, really hot, but it's hotter you know you have a longer growing season in a place like south carolina but it's not like florida you know when it comes yeah. to being like almost subtropical yeah the gay rascal hello sir good to see you give a super chat <laughs> profile picture i love the gay batman with the hello kitty symbol that is, love it he's great you gotta follow him on twitter uh oh, he says inclusiveness is measured by how much minorities dare to think for themselves yeah. oh yeah so if they don't think for themselves then it's high in inclusiveness right yes. mm. yeah. if you conform you know to the stereotype of what it means to be a good minority yeah a yeah. good minority or, or a good ally not a self-hating ally yeah well i just i'm 
I didn't have a lot to talk about today. I was very curious about the Kevin Spacey stuff. I wanted to highlight the fact and celebrate the fact that Texas is the second worst state to live in and just make sure to drive that message home for Stay anyone away. watching. And uh, what is there anything else you guys want to talk about? No, I mean, I, I had fun with this, honestly. Maybe Brad yeah. might want to pull something I had really this quick. one other story. It's okay. totally, you know, out of left field. Oh, this. Um, and it's, it's, it's alone. It's about Ricky Martin. Um, <laughs> yeah. See, okay. we don't talk pop culture stuff often, so it is nice well, to like. And, but the reason I brought it up was this. because yeah. in the context of uh, assault and and graping and graping. celebrity, you know, influence, the, this kind of fits, and it's a story. Oh about wow, this is, is awful. Yeah. So, and I don't even know how much like we can get into it. Yeah, like, I didn't look too much into this. I, I don't know the And details. also, like, we should also just stress, you know, this is a, an incident with a single accuser. Um, so it's not like you know the Kevin Spacey situation where you know it's like nine people long, but the kind of extremeness, you know, basically his his nephew is claiming that he's been abused by Ricky for a long time. Um, the representative for Ricky says the idea is not only untrue, it is disgusting. We hope that this man gets the help he so urgently needs. But most of all, we look forward to this awful case being dismissed as soon as a judge gets to look at the facts. So it is totally possible that this guy is just severely emotionally disturbed. Right. But yeah. one thing we do know about, you know, S abuse and S trauma early in life is that it does inflict trauma and mental illness onto people and it can make them much more unstable you know victims of s abuse uh as children are much more likely to be addicts to have borderline type symptoms or bipolar type symptoms Um, uh, urges to delete themselves yeah Yeah. they're higher higher risk for for self-deletion um so it, it was really interesting and also this is in puerto rico which is a big deal because Puerto Rico takes these accusations very seriously. Uh, there are harsher penalties for certain S crimes when the uh, victim is related to the accused. Um, when you're saying sure. S crimes, you mean sexual crimes? Sexual crimes. I keep, yeah, I, I, I've, I've adopted a lot of uh, Jeremy from the Quarterings yeah. lexiconal speak. That's why we've been trying to say like, delete s crimes you know, self-delete of, yeah, self-delete. Um, i try to avoid the 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 k word that means right. remove from life um but i'm not i'm not it doesn't always click but i feel like it you know it helps a little bit I forget all the time i'm just trying to dodge <laughs> you know, anything we can do to like dodge the algorithmic bullets in the in the matrix i i'll, I'll do right that. yeah uh, i had not heard of this and like you said i mean I'm going to wait to see more evidence because I have no idea. And, then, and whenever there's just a single accuser and you have no idea, it could be a crazy person trying to get money. It well, could here, be... Here's a point too. I thought, you know, as well, you know, like sometimes when these stories come out, typically people will say like, well, why did they wait so long? Why, you know, why didn't they say anything sooner? And I'm just going to bring back this issue of the abuse of boys and how different it is, especially with like men, you know, to have been abused. And then when you're, when you grow up, I'm sure, and you're a man, you actually start analyzing what happened in the past. There's a lot of shame and guilt and stuff, and it's just men are less likely to want to talk about those sorts of things. So, yeah, lots of years, I'm sure, could go by before an abuser finally decides to say something. Um, an so, abused person, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah that makes abused person, sense yeah, decides, to me. decides to say something, but, 
yeah, like Brent said, one accuser. We don't really have a whole lot of details about the Ricky Martin story right now. But also, we don't know if there is any hard evidence to back up these allegations. Yeah. Uh, right. It's just it's a very new story, yeah. but I thought it was just relevant. And fake allegations do happen. I mean, it's a thing, and we Amber Heard, Amber Heard, <laughs> and it's horrible because it, it really it just all it does is it, it takes away from the true victims who actually went. Yeah stuff and it makes it, it makes people likely. skeptical about yeah, everything it skeptical it makes them less likely that they want to just believe things off the bat because people have lied and manipulated and like harmed others by making stuff up about them and ruining their reputations and yeah. all that getting them locked up even so yeah well thank you guys for hanging out and being willing to talk about all manner of things with me always a pleasure. anytime yeah. always love to come virtually to texas we love it I love, I just, I love hanging out with you guys. I'm always glad to see you. Tell people where they can find you on YouTube or online. So on YouTube, you guys can find us just by searching for dangerous rhetoric. Our icon is uh, a cat being sniffed by Biden yeah. and a dog looking on menacingly. Yeah. And so we are going to ask for subs because last time that worked actually. <laughs> we came on. Oh. I think we got a nice boost of like 200 or something. So <gasps> crazy. So, so we were very uh, happy and grateful for that. So anyone listening who did follow oh. us, we thank you guys a lot. You know, it's been hard doing this shit and growing it. So we appreciate you it. You guys, you're at 807. We're close. We, we want to hit that thousand mark. We can get you to 808. 808. 808. 808. <laughs> uh, 900. 1,000. Let's do it. Can we get an 808? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's on that. It was also dangerousrhetoric.com is yes. the website, which will always be there. It'll be there. So if we, ever, yeah. if we ever vanish from like Twitter or YouTube or places like that, like you can go on the website and find a way to contact us. We email and it has the links to all our other stuff. But dangerous ret on Twitter, just ret because we can't fit the whole R -H -E -T. thing. R-H-E-T. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, follow us. Find us. We got Spotify, you to we're uh, we're going to have, wow, we have yes! another... Let's Amazing. see. What was our last episode? Our last episode was with our friend Simon. Very interesting. We talked about his experiences immigrating from Russia, um, his perspectives on America, and you know, being a gay dad and things like that. It was a very good conversation. So check that one out. And then our next talk, I think we're talking with a D-trans person. Yes. Um, we won't say who yet, but that's going to be a really heavy discussion, I think. Um, yeah. And you still have up there for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. You have some of the behind the scenes footage and, and videos from when from we Pride. were yeah. at New York City Pride together with Billboard Chris and Alex Stein and, and yes. Mike Barlow. And um, there's a short, like if you don't have a lot of time, there's a really short, like two and a half minute video with just Alex and Billboard Chris. And then this random dude that comes out of the crowd to, to engage with them. And they have a little argument. Oh, well, Carrie talked to that guy for a while too afterward. Yeah. But then there's the longer, there's like a 17 minute video. Yeah. With like all the good footage. With all of everything. And you get to see us get heckled a bunch. And yeah. that was a fun day. And for people who want to know more about that day, watch our last stream with Carrie. We talked about what we did that day and all of that depth. Yeah. It was great. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys for hanging out with us in the chat. Thanks for the super chats. Um, if you're new to the channel, consider subscribing. Go check out Dangerous Rhetoric. I think I'm also going to be on Comics Division's show tonight on his cool. old men yelling at cars or clouds show. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm not sure what time that is, but I'm supposed to be on that show. So if you guys are around tonight, I'll see you there. Yeah, cool. sounds good. Cool. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Later, guys. Have a good day.